During the Christmas season, we hear and sing songs proclaiming the wondrous birth of our Lord and Savior. One such carol describes the gifts of the wise men, but is there a meaning behind the treasures that were given to the Christ child? The Magi are giving us a little pre-glimpse at what will be the future of our Lord. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. One of the events of the Christmas story is the wise men's journey from afar to see Jesus and to bring Him gifts. Matthew 2.11 tells us, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped Him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto Him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. But why were these specific items given to Christ? And what do they stand for? Join us for the next 15 minutes as we discuss the gifts of the Magi and unwrap the meaning behind them. Dr. John Whitcomb is president of Christian Workmen Schools of Theology in Indiana. He says, first and foremost, it's important to understand that the wise men came to worship Christ and Christ alone. What a wonderful message we have at Christmas time that wise men 2,000 years ago led by God himself, came to pay tribute and to actually fall down and worship the young child, Jesus. Now, we read this in Matthew chapter 2. It says in verse 1, When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. We read in verse 11, Matthew 2:11, and when they were come into the house, by then, of course, the baby Jesus was out of the manger and into a house, and maybe he was over a year old by now, by the time they got to him. But notice what happened. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother. That's who they were looking for, not Mary, certainly not Joseph. And they fell down and worshiped him the baby Jesus, the child Jesus, not Mary or Joseph. Indeed, it was very fitting that the wise men not only worshipped Jesus, but gave him such costly treasures, which were popular gifts for kings and dignitaries. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. To understand this, friend, you have to go way back in the Old Testament and see how the first great king, the first most spectacularly famous marvelous king of Israel was Solomon, the son of David. And when he became the king, we read in 1 Kings chapter 10, that the queen of Sheba came up from the south to Jerusalem with a very great train of camels that bear spices, watch this, very much gold and precious stones to present to him. She was overwhelmed by his majesty and glory. She said, the half was not told me. And then we read this, she gave the king, that's to Solomon, 120 talents of gold and of spices, very precious, very great, and precious stones. There are no such abundance of spices as these which the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. Now, friend, it's important to know, Jesus reminds us in Matthew 12 and Luke 11, he said, a greater than Solomon is here. Jesus said, I am infinitely greater than Solomon. He was a mere sinful man, but Jesus, being God's own son and sinless, as of course, and divine, was infinitely superior. 
Jim Stambaugh is Director of Library Services at Washington Bible College and Capital Bible Seminary. He tells us that each gift the wise men brought to Jesus represented a different part of Christ and His mission here on earth. When you look at the history of interpretation, the gold is a symbol of Christ in His royalty because all kings are very wealthy. Frankincense is a good picture of His deity, and then myrrh is a good picture of His humanity. And we can see in Christ all three of these things. He is a royal line from the tribe of David. We can see that again, he is God himself in human form as he claims in many times in the Gospel of John. And ultimately, he is human because he paid the ultimate sacrifice for us by giving his life on the cross. Let's take a closer look at these three gifts and find out how each item was used in ancient times. Gold, of course, is still of great worth in today's economy, but biblical archaeologist Dr. Richard Fales says that in Scripture, gold represents more than just wealth. It represents salvation. It represents purity, and it would represent the purity of God. And one of the things that I'm sure that at that point in time when the, the family received the gold, this is Mary, Joseph, and and little Jesus, they had no idea that they were going to be using this gold in the near future. It uh, tells us that God does know what's getting ready to happen, and they didn't know what was going to happen. Why would such a, a wonderful gift be given to them? They were about ready to, in a short time, depart from where they lived. They were going to be going to Egypt, and it would be something that would be necessary to help them to um, survive in, in a new area. Herod uh, was very upset about the fact that someone had been born king. He wasn't born king. He had lied, cheated, murdered, and stolen, and did, did everything that he could to get that position as king. So he was going to kill the Christ. He was going to kill Jesus, who claimed to be king. So uh, the wise men, going in advance of Herod, were supposed to bring the information back. And instead, it says they left another way. So gold represents God knowing what is going to happen and how he takes care of us. We are worried too often about things that are going to happen tomorrow. And so he gives us something that's going to sustain us. But what about the purpose of frankincense and myrrh? For what were they used? Dr. Fales tells us that both were extremely expensive perfumes and that frankincense, although associated with royalty, was also used as a burial ointment. Frankincense is a form of a perfume. This perfume was often used in funeral ceremonies as well as myrrh. Frankincense was something that was going to be used perhaps in a tomb service and different than what we have today. The, the bodies are actually decomposing and so they would bring that. And this also is a gift that you would give to somebody of great importance. It could be a gift that's given to kings and to prominent people to buy the perfumes in those days. It might have taken a year's, a year's wages. And if you look at the year's wages today, that's twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 and the average of a more low-income family today in the United States. Jim Stambaugh. Myrrh also was a perfume, but again, also very expensive because it was a refined substance. But myrrh was often used in burial practices in the ancient world. And so what they would do is they would put spices, you know, put this perfume over the body to help cut down on the smell. And so it would seem is that the Magi, as they come in, 
are giving us a little pre-glimpse at what will be the future of our Lord and that he will actually then die on the cross for us. It's interesting to consider how this group of non-Jewish wise men came from a pagan land to worship the Jewish Messiah. Jim Stambaugh says this should be a reminder to us that the love of Christ reaches out to all. I think this is a wonderful picture of the grace and mercy of God reaching across national boundaries. Because keep in mind that in the Old Testament, the Jewish nation was to be a beacon bringing all sorts of other nations to them. Now, did they do it effectively? No, they really didn't. It wasn't until Christ himself that then he takes us who are lights of the world and sends them out into the world to communicate his message. This, I think, is again a glimpse of what is to come. Again, it's the grace and the mercy of God in allowing us to be part of that plan that he has to reach the world with the message of his Son. And the message that he gives us to send us out into the world is simply this, that Christ, this babe who was born in the manger, ultimately took the punishment which was due each and every one of us with his death on the cross, that when we lean totally upon his sacrifice alone to satisfy God's demands for us, when we put our faith and trust in him, he gives us a new life. And that new life is because of his son's resurrection. That is the ultimate pinnacle of what gives us new life. And when we put our trust completely in him, we have new life in Christ. And because we have new life in Christ, we will one day reign with him. Dr. Whitcomb tells us that when Jesus does set up his earthly kingdom, he will once again receive gifts from men. We can say that when Jesus comes back to the earth again as King of kings and Lord of lords, something spectacular will happen that will even put the gifts of the three wise men into the shadow. We read, for example, in Psalm 72, verse 10, the kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. That's the Messiah. All nations shall serve him. And verse 15, he shall live, and to him shall be given of the gold of Sheba. Now, a couple of hundred years later, the great prophet Isaiah tells us of the marvelous things will happen when the Messiah, Jesus Christ the Lord, comes again to this earth. We read that the multitude of camels shall cover thee. This is Isaiah 60, verse 6. Dromedaries of Midian and Ephah, all they from Sheba shall come. And they shall bring gold and incense, and they shall show forth the praises of the Lord. And verse 9, Surely the isles shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish first, to bring thy sons from far their silver and their gold with them, unto the name of the Lord thy God, and to the Holy One of Israel, because he hath glorified thee. However, there is one type of gift that won't be utilized as it was in the past. It's interesting, isn't it, that in the Psalms and in Isaiah, it doesn't say that they will bring myrrh. That's an interesting uh, special word there uh, used in Matthew, uh, which is also used in the embalming of the body when he was anointed and put into the tomb with spices and myrrh. Possibly, that's why myrrh will not be mentioned in the kingdom age as 
presenting to Jesus because the first coming was to include his death. But when he comes back again, friends, he's alive forevermore with a glorified body and he will never die again. And as the wise men of old brought gifts and came to worship Christ, we can bring our gifts to the Creator and worship Him as well. We know this for sure, that wise men all over the world, when the kingdom comes, will give their best to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Yes, He taught us to pray, didn't He? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May we be among those who look for Him and have our gift ready to present to Him, namely our heart and soul that belongs to the Savior alone. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.